Desiree and I'm Tyrone and we are not your attorneys so since last episode um what did I do I went to California to finally visit my family I haven't been to California was in a while. That? it was nice but I got sick because the weather was so amazing I did not <laughs> wear a coat the entire time um I went from 18 degree weather to 75 degrees it's a bit different yeah, so I'm on the tail end. Hopefully, my voice sounds amazing still. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, while you were there, I was here just, you know, doing my thing, living life, preparing my my heart and soul for whatever Beyonce does next. <laughs> Coachella's coming. We're two months away. You know, do you have friends that are going? I haven't come across many people that are actually going. Like, and just so everyone knows, like, you can experience her performance on YouTube because YouTube and Coachella, they do a, a live stream every well, year. Well, I'm sure Tidal is going to live stream <laughs> Beast performance, so I will be watching on Tidal. <laughs> um, but you know what? You know, we always bring her up for no good reason on here. But I think we actually do have a reason to talk about Beyonce today. Yes. So first on the docket. So Beyonce versus Messy Maya. Remember we told you about that case and how haters don't want to let Queen Bee be great? Well, there's another lawsuit surrounding the formation song. Um, on February 4th, Kimberly Roberts filed a copyright lawsuit against Pretty Bird Pictures. That's Melina's production company. And Melina's company made the formation video at the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Louisiana and is seeking damages for taking of her intellectual property. Kimberly Roberts starred in the Oscar-nominated documentary Trouble the Water, a film that documented Hurricane Katrina. Ms. Roberts claims that the formation video features clips from the documentary. Although Ms. Roberts authorized the portion of the documentary to be used in the formation video in return for payments and royalties, she claims now <laughs> she has not received royalties from the video. Roberts further claims that the documentary clips were used in Beyonce's concerts and other music videos without permission. This case is interesting because on February 5th, the day after Kimberly Roberts filed her lawsuit, the same court dismissed the $20 million Messy Maya lawsuit that we discussed on our second episode. So you should go listen to that episode because <laughs> that was like it. That was one of our first in-depth analyses, if you will. <laughs> but essentially, that was when Messy Maya, who was a, a New Orleans character, if you will, or right. personality, he had a video that Beyonce liked and included a clip of in just the video formation, not right. necessarily the audio, audio version of formation. Right. And I mean, that episode came out March 2nd, March 3rd. So we're going on almost a year, year. a little less than a yeah. year that this is finally being resolved. Um, and, you know, they had filed several different pleadings and, you know, updates to the case. Right. And, Finally, we get to the point where they're settling. So Messy Maya lawsuit is a settling for an undisclosed amount. 
based on the joint stipulation of dismissal with prejudice filed by both parties. But we'll keep you posted on the Roberts lawsuit. I mean, she got paid, I guess, for the initial license yeah. to use the documentary portion, but she wants royalties for the continued use. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Beyonce's lawyers accounted you for know, that or did not. I would say that, except for the fact that this lawsuit with Messi Maya is settling. So someone didn't yeah, do their someone, due diligence. Right. And I yeah. think what may have happened is the fact that there was so much secrecy involved around the release That's of true. anything connected to Lemonade. Yeah. That and just in the like the mix of everything and how fast it was going, that the person who may have been responsible for clearing everything may have thought that they cleared everything and lo and behold like you don't just settle but what are, what are your thoughts on ongoing royalties like i'm not familiar with people getting continued royalties for using something you give a license to use so ongoing royalties for that being used i i'm not familiar yeah i do think that is strange because yeah. i would say beyonce is not one to have others getting a piece of the pie for Contain her work the duration of her work like, like she barely yeah. she, like she has like from what i understand i don't know her relationship with columbia explicitly but from what i understand it's more of a distribution deal yeah like she doesn't really give people a piece of the pie if she doesn't have to mm -hmm. and so i struggle to believe that there's this royalty component. Yeah, I'm going to give you this flat out fee for the license and yeah. that's that. So you trying to eat off of it for the rest of my life because Lemonade is information is going to live forever. I don't <laughs> see that as likely. But again, like but I yeah. said, someone dropped the ball with that messy Maya piece. Yeah. It could have just been other things that fell through the cracks. So, yeah. you know, bless up for um, the queen. Like, hopefully she just, again, resolves this one as but quickly as the first one or qu quicker than the first one. Can we get a formation role to her DVD? I'm going to keep asking, like, please. You will get formation a, world tour you DVD. will get a formation world tour DVD just as soon as Kanye West starts smiling on a regular basis, <laughs> which is never. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Kanye, Kanye and Solange, actually, they are being sued by songwriter Leroy Mitchell, a.k.a. Prince Philip Mitchell, for copyright infringement, and he's seeking punitive damages as well. He wants our faves. Kanye, he goes back and forth with being a fave. Yeah, I think he's on his we can call him problematic status. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants them to stop performing the respective tracks, um, their respective tracks, and and he wants them to also pull their songs from the radio. So Mr. Mitchell, Leroy, <laughs> if you will, is claiming that his song, If We Can't Be Lovers, used on Kanye's song Everything I Am and Solange's Fuck the Industry. Everything I Am, that was as you say a bop. <laughs> <laughs> now, this F the Industry if you will song, is it what album is this on? This because is on I, um, I like Solange's music and I don't remember I know, this. I don't remember the song, but it is on Hadley Street Dreams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
what's the full name of it? Um, Soul Angel and the, the Hadley, yeah, St. Hadley Street, Street Dream. Dream. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. that. All right, that's a jam. Well, anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there because, um, it's interesting because uh, Mitchell's listed as a co writer on both the songs, which means he is receiving or he should be receiving royalties, royalties from those tracks. So, I don't know, again, this just seems like a person that's trying to get more money than what they initially bargained for. I don't know, but stay tuned for the breakdown. We're going to get refresh your memory about copyright law because clearly it's needed. There's so many copyright lawsuits going on and there's more to come. Now, this one was very, very interesting to me because I may have been out the game for a little while in terms of the dating scene, but I remember when Tinder was a wee thing (laughs) (laughs) and it was open for everybody, but apparently now they're coming under fire for a little bit of age discrimination. So in February, 2016, Alan Calador sued Tinder in a class action suit in California state court over pricing for its premium service, Tinder Plus, which is like you just get like a little extra features here and there. You can change your location. It's not exclusive to where you are <laughs> geographically. So, and you pay an extra fee for that. So in his claim, Calendor said that Tinder was discriminating in the prices it charged users based on age. Tinder charged $9.99 per month if a user is under 30 versus $19.99 per month if you're 30 or older. and you know before we go on i understand why they may be trying to do this because they're trying to encourage the younger people (laughs) to use their app because those are the ones that sort of like keep the industry going when it comes to technology and whatnot but you know what tinder they have the reasoning so their tinder's reps are saying that the price disparity was provided was to provide a discount for users because they have less money to spend as compared to older users. Uh, okay, <laughs> sure. Well, the, the lower court agreed and decided in Tinder's favor. However, Mr. Calendor appealed his case and won. So under California's Unruh Civil Rights Act and the Unfair Competition Law, the appeals court determined that Tinder was in fact discriminating against users based on age and it violates both acts to the extent it employs an arbitrary class-based generalization about older users' incomes as a basis for charging them (laughs) more than younger users. Because nothing in the complaint suggests that there is a strong public policy that justifies the alleging discriminatory pricing, the trial court aired. You know what? Just... This is, that's the law. The law is that you can't, and it is discrimination technically because they were treating them differently and it was to their detriment. So it wasn't like. I mean, yeah, yeah. this is interesting to me. I've never used a dating app, but there um, is a new black owned dating app and it's for black professionals. It's called Mm. Mailed. M-E-L-D. So if you are looking for somebody and you want them to be a black professional and you're a black professional yourself, try it out. And it's black owned. I read a blog about it. So I think the issue with a lot of not just 
apps in general, but specifically dating apps is you need to hit a certain amount of people for people to want to come back and keep using it. Because if you're dealing with such a small pool of people and you've already like swiped left on everyone, (laughs) it's hard for people (laughs) to be like, well, let me stick around. So I think that's why you have these bigger ones like Tinder that may not be specific to a certain community stick around because they have so many people on there. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have one of these newer apps like Meld coming up, that you really got to get out there and make sure everyone's aware of it and that it's the right people being aware so that you can have a mass group of people in Mm -hmm. the demographic that you're trying to target be using the app and coming back to the app. Otherwise, it's not going to be successful. Well, young black professionals, go tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend. (laughs) (laughs) We have some updates for you. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy. So... On a previous episode, we talked to you about Bill Nye. Um, In August 2016, Bill Nye filed a lawsuit against Disney and a few others. He alleged that he had a deal with Disney's Buena Vista Television that ultimately entitled him to 16.5% of the net profit pool for the deals of um, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye claims that he became suspicious. Remember, he became suspicious of royalty calculations based on an accounting error, but had to wait several years, several, not like (laughs) a couple months, several years to get an audit. He now identifies alleged underreported payments and accuses the defendants, Disney and co, of failing to produce license agreements with Netflix and Apple so he can determine what he's really owed based on his joint venture relationship with Disney and the other defendants for the promotion, exploitation, and distribution of the kids' yeah. classic, Bill Nye the Science the Guy. Science guy. <laughs> um, Disney tried to have the case thrown out by suggesting that Nye failed to produce enough evidence to support his claim and that they did not have a fiduciary relationship with Nye. Um, okay, well, the L.A. <laughs> Superior Court judge presiding over Nye's case determined that Nye has properly alleged the existence of a fiduciary relationship. The judge ruled that Nye provided sufficient evidence to establish that there was a joint venture and is allowing Nye's fraud claims for over two decades. Disney and its subsidiaries engaged in a fraudulent scheme to conceal the true profits from the exploitation of the series. So... Um, we'll keep you posting whether he gets that $37 million from Disney. But if you guys remember, this is something that we alluded to and talked about a little bit, I believe, on the last episode with Rod about fiduciary duty. And that is something that we'll probably do a breakdown on at some point about partnerships and whatnot. Right. But when you have a partnership, a joint venture, something of that means it does have a legal significance. And at the heart of that, responsibility is like you have to keep records and you have to allow people to see the records who are part of the joint ventureship or the partnership. It's clear that Disney was not doing what they were supposed to do if the judge was able to look over this and be like, hey, girl, I don't know what y'all thought y'all had, but I read the paperwork. He read the paperwork. You can clearly see the paperwork here that you have equal responsibility for how Bill and I was supposed to go and it's clearly laid out that you were supposed to have 
accounting and records available for him. And I, it's amazing to me that someone can go for years and say like, oh, no, like we couldn't get you the records to do the audit because whatever reason, right. it was down in the vaults or in the crypt, whatever. Okay, I'll like, wait. No, no, no. Because like, typically... In a lot of money. contracts you have in there, like you have to keep up to date records and you have access to them and, yearly you know, it's on pro- demand. It's probably in there, but still, still. fiduciary duty yep. backs that up. Like you are that's why the court was just like, Hey, <laughs> I don't know what you think you're doing over here, Disney, but like this is pretty clear to us. And not that we saw the paperwork by any means or what the initial relationship was, but in in my opinion, this is the essence of why you do joint ventureship, joint ventures and partnerships is to avoid having to go to court. So I would love to see, like I said, if he gets that $37 million. Cause... You know, Disney's going to settle $37 million. <laughs> I don't know. I know. And it's just like, it's like, this is pocket change for you. Why are you even fronting? Like, give right. this man his money. I get it. It sets precedent when you do business with people and you do shows and stuff. But like, this is an OG Bill Nye has been around for a minute. So for you to try to play him, mm-hmm. like, why would he, he has nothing to lose by sitting here and waiting. Right. He's like, I, I got, I got some money, but like, I'm going to get all of all it. All of the money and <laughs> all of the money, celebrities, they paparazzi going after them for that, all of their money. Um, we talked to you before about celebrities getting sued for posting their own photos on Instagram. Some celebrities are firing back about the paparazzi's copyright infringement claim. On February 1st, NFL star Odell Beckham Jr., my old crush, um, sued Splash News for extortion after reportedly receiving a $40,000 demand for sharing an image of himself on Instagram. Y'all remember, we talked about this like with Diddy. Yeah. That? Yep. Mm-hmm. This is strange. And, this is, and Chloe Kardashian. This is becoming yeah. like a thing now. Absolutely. Um, damn social media. So typically paparazzi pics can easily be licensed for a couple hundred dollars per photo. But if a star sees a photo online and shares it without permission, the move could lead to these six-figure damages if it seems like it's willful and you sort of knew it with someone else's picture. Right. So sharing a photo registered in the U.S. Copyright Office could trigger damages of as much as $30,000, even absent of a finding that the infringement was willful. But without that registration, a photographer would have to prove that he or she was damaged by the use. So again, this is like the, for example, Chloe Kardashian, who has a 72.1 million followers, she stands to make $406,700 off an Instagram photo based on advertising. So paparazzi, they want a piece of that pie because typically they are not crediting the photos. So Right, and it's getting shared and shared and shared, and they're like, you owe me some money. You making money off of it, so pay me too. I mean, I can see their point yeah. in a sense, but it's like I just have a problem with if I'm out on the street and you take a picture of me crossing the street, I got to pay you and because I can't post the photo without asking you for permission. One, I got to pay you on the front end or the back end. And that's crazy. It's me. But again, it's their intellectual property. Yeah. And it's like, this is what that intersection of like right of publicity and 
like personal rights to your image yeah. and it gets sort of hazy. So I, this isn't the first time that there's been this type of case before, I'm sure. But because we've, even before social media, we've had paparazzi and yep. we've had those photos that they take. I'm sure they've probably been wanting, stars have wanted to use them in their own personal capacity. But when you have a Khloe Kardashian who has literally access all the time to millions of people to be able to share images, it's like, uh, you got to make sure it's yours. Like if it was a picture of someone else, for sure, you definitely would have to get their permission to mm -hmm. share it if it had copyright in it. So I don't know. It's yeah. This is rich people palm, so I don't right. really care so, that much. <laughs> again, we'll give you some detailed insight on copyright law um, during the breakdown. But before our, you know, nickname for our podcast. <laughs> the, the Fire Fest Pod. The Fire Fest Pod. <laughs> we should podcast. just go trademark that right now. Exactly. Fire Fest Pod. <laughs> we sh Honestly, we should have done like an in-depth like many series of episodes, oh, episodes about the fire. Because <laughs> this seems to be like bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. But for our 9,627th <laughs> update on the Fire Festival, um, according to Vice News, the people on Fire Festival mailing lists have been receiving emails from a person named Frank Tribble, <laughs> a company called from a company called NYC VIP Access. So Tribble has been offering tickets to the people of the Fire Festival emailing list ticket serve um, ticket serve list to some pretty extravagant events, including dinner with LeBron James for three thousand dollars. LeBron James, a seat at the Met Gala for thirty thousand dollars. In early tickets to Victoria's Secret Fashion Show for $1,500 per person. These are events that you cannot purchase tickets to. So anyone <laughs> who has worked over money, like. um, Yeah, it's very, very strange. For sure, the Met Gala one sticks, yes. sticks out to me because I know that Anna Wintour has the final say over who makes it into the Met Gala. Mm -hmm. So. For some rando to just be like, hmm, let me purchase, let me throw down thirty dollars. First of all, you have thirty thousand dollars to throw down for the Met Gala. Like, you should probably, you should be in the category of people that's already getting invited. Exactly, because the Met Gala exactly. is to raise money for the Met. So you should be giving that money straight up to the Met Gala, so you can be on the donor list already. But anyway, I digress. I digress. <laughs> so. Part of the scheme was after you send Tribble the money for the tickets to these events, you're supposed to redeem your tickets at, at Will Call. Will Call. What? So you're telling <laughs> that is hilarious. me that you get this money however many months, weeks in advance, and I'm just supposed to expect to show up at the day of the event and my ticket's going to be there. So, so what happens if not? There's a Will Call at a restaurant. <laughs> To have dinner with LeBron James. There's a will call at the Met Gala. Mill will, will call at Victoria's Secret Fashion at Show. Victoria's Secret. What? Like that's the only one I could potentially see because it's such a large event and mm -hmm. it's not just stars going to the okay. Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. But Met Gala is like if you haven't had a hit movie <laughs> in four or five years, like you how probably look how long it took Kim Kardashian to get invited. And when she came, she looked like a couch. Okay, like girl. Everybody's <laughs> not just getting in there. So 
NYC VIP Access doesn't have much of a digital history and their website has only been created this past November. And get this, Tribble is the only known employee of NYC VIP Access and he stated that the company was created by a couple of hip hop managers and their artists. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ja Rule. And he said that they're going to launch soon. <laughs> and so he can't give out much information outside of that because, because he doesn't want to get fired. Yeah, he doesn't want to mess up the launch because it's a group of very important people. And I think what I'm sure um Tribble is Billy's alter ego. His other name that he's masking under, he has all those legal fees. And, and from what I understand, too, is that he is like 20. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I read that somewhere. Um, but from what I understand, he is a youngster. Mm. So if that's the case, y'all, y'all need to be more careful about who you give your money to. That's all I'm saying. Right. Because I'm not going to just be giving $30,000 to no 21-year-old, but. Well, yeah. I hope these fire festival people don't get got again. This is the breakdown. Down, down. And today's topic: copyright law. Copyright law protects the expression in a work of authorship against copying. Copyright law does not protect the underlying ideas embodied in a work. Neither does it protect against independent development. Basic copyright protection is automatic, essentially free and more or less worldwide in scope. Although people often speak of copywriting a work or obtaining a copyright, these are misnomers. The copyrights in any original work of authorship come into existence automatically without further action as of the moment of fixation of the work. Registering a work with the U.S. Copyright Office and marking a work with the copyright notice are not required and failure to do so does not result in loss of the basic rights of copyright holders. There are three basic requirements for copyright protection that which is to be protected. One, must be a work of authorship. Two, it must be original. And three, it must be fixed in the tangible medium of expression. The work of authorship requirement is the subject matter of copyright, which embraces a wide range of works, whether published or unpublished, including musical, dramatic, and choreographed works, sound recordings, performances of songs, public speeches, books on tape, pictorial, graphic, and sculptural works, including sketches, paintings, photographs, drawings, designs, etc. Originality is a constitutional requirement, but it is a minimal requirement under copyright. So long as it is not copied from an earlier work, and so long as it contains a tiny spark of creativity. A work must be fixed under copyright law to enjoy copyright protection. This does not mean it must be in the final or well-considered version of the work. Rather, the term simply refers to the requirement that an embodiment of the work be set down or fixed in a tangible medium of expression for a more than transitory period. Benefits of registration with the U.S. Copyright Office has important advantages. Registration is necessary if you want to, one, record security interests in a copyright, or two, be eligible for statutory damages and attorney's fees. Copyright infringement occurs when the unauthorized exercise by a third party of any of the exclusive rights of copyright holders, such as copying, 
is copyright infringement. There is no bright line test for how much is too much copying, but actionable copying is commonly presumed when the defendant had access to the original work and after setting aside ideas or other elements of a work that are not protected, what is left is substantially similar to the original work. And that was the breakdown. So, you know, I just want to see if any of our listeners know where Nicki Minaj is. I am like, what's going on, Nicki? I miss you. (laughs) I think Nicki is finally heeding the advice that was given to her when she was with um, Meek Mill. And that is to (laughs) shut up and mind your business unless you have some new music. (laughs) And I think that's really like, because she, it seemed like she was almost about to sort of make the the a comeback or a resurgence when she did what was it, the paper magazine cover? Or yeah, what was the one? She had like the three versions of herself, mm-hmm. um, and they were like all scandalous pictures of herself. Um, I thought she was ready to like actually make a comeback and put out new music, but I think that she may just be sort of like enjoying life and working on music. And I'm okay with that. Well, can I get a video? Can I get a smoke <laughs> signal? Can I get something? I mean, you know, I miss her, but I know she's coming back with a vengeance. So if this is what you need to be successful and be great and be the Nikki that we know that you can be, then I will be here for it. But stay tuned to, I think it's findingnikki.com and it looks like Finding Nemo. There's a countdown and everything to let you know down to the minute how long Nikki has not been seen on social media (laughs) or otherwise. Oh, and um, this is literally completely unrelated, but I was thinking about our last episode and how we sort of ended on like a Grammy's note. We never actually followed up on the winners, but congratulations to Kendrick Lamar for getting best rap album and performance and all the, he took all of Cardi B's things, but whatever well, he deserved. That's not that. important. What's important <laughs> is Jay-Z did not win anything. And I think the Grammys was being their usual petty self and decided not to reward him for the great thing that 444 was because he did not want to perform. What the you know, hell? How can you do Jay like that? Seriously? I don't know what exactly happened, but I will say that he wasn't the only one that you may that you may have felt differently, but I also felt SZA. Oh yeah, was I think not, that she should have. She won. was not treated fairly At by least the voters. She, I don't think she should have won everything that she no, was nominated for. But she was but the she most nominated woman won, of the night. Um, and she best win, new artist. She didn't win anything. She didn't which, win that anything. was pretty. And not to say, like, you know, there's, like, the best new artist curse where they say you get that and then your career doesn't go anywhere. So I, I'm not sure exactly what she should have won, but I know that she should have won something. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it's Black History Month and they're not going to hold our shine down because SZA and Kendrick are all over this. Black, Black Panther, Panther soundtrack. Um, soundtrack. And Black Panther's coming out next Friday and it's already... Breaking records. And I got my kente cloth dress ready to go. <laughs> my fur. I'm trying to decide, girl, are you going to get your hair braided within these next couple of days? I will be there in 
my blackest blackity black black outfit i'm actually saying it twice um, <laughs> i mean i think night. honestly most people but are going yeah. to see it several times because you got to see it once with your people right and then you got to actually watch the movie <laughs> that's what i'm doing i'm seeing it at like 7 p.m and then i'm going at midnight so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you definitely got to see it multiple times because if it's anything like dream girls oh dream- i saw that five times in theaters because the first time you saw people were cutting up in the theater. Yes. They were standing up, clapping, mm-hmm. hollering, you better sing, girl. <laughs> sing, Jennifer. <laughs> well, I was going to say sing, Beyonce. Listen, that is my song to this day. Well, Brings tears to my eyes. If I could sing, I would sing that every day. We we know who, uh, who, who did the work on that movie. Beyonce. She was robbed. But in, anyway. In, anyway. <laughs> Thank you Y'all for listening, have a everyone. Great week. Follow us on all those things: Instagram. What is the other one called? Twitter, Twitter. Facebook, not Snap because that new update. <laughs> apparently, Lord. Snap is a mess. So yeah, just poplawpodcast.com. Check out our website because there is valuable information. The new episodes are always listed there, and you can learn a little bit more about us too. So oh, and leave us some reviews on um, Apple Podcasts because. That always helps when you have some reviews and people are like, ooh, like, should I listen to this show? And for our loyal listeners, why don't you tell everyone why you love it so much? But Right. We need to get these advertising dollars. <laughs> so make sure you share the podcast, too. But remember, we, we are, are not, not your, your attorneys. attorneys.